CSN International presents to every man an answer, the live apologetics program that equips you to give a reason for the hope that lies within you. If you have a Bible question or a question on the Christian faith, you can call us at 1-888-827-5276. Again, that's 1-888-ASK-CSN. Let's get things started. Here's today's host, Mike Kessler. Hi, and welcome to Thursday's edition of To Every Man and Answer. Glad you've joined us. We always are looking forward to being with you for about the next hour. We set this time aside every weekday afternoon to just answer questions about the Bible from the Bible, look at current events from a biblical perspective, and what we hear in church is it even in the Bible at all. If you've got a question you'd like to ask us, that number to call again, 8888-ASK-CSN. We'll do our very best. We have some lines open if you want to Call right now. You're assured to get on. Joining me today, special guest from Honolulu, Hawaii. <laughs> Daryl, I love you. Daryl Skinner from Calvary Chapel <laughs> there. And uh, Daryl, how are things in the island today? A beautiful day, as usual. We had a little uh, rainstorm blowover yesterday, which we need the water. It's always nice. and But it's a beautiful sunny day, a little bit of clouds blowing over. It's about, uh, I think it's about 80 degrees, so it's very comfortable. Life is good, and we're not freezing at all. <laughs> that's, that's good. <laughs> it's great to be with you, Mike. Yeah, it, it's it's really nice here in southern Idaho, and tomorrow's supposed to be nice, and then it all goes away. Yes, that's right. <laughs> we go from highs in the 70s, low 80s, to highs in the 50s, and for the foreseeable future, and lows in the 30s, low 30s. So yeah. you guys really vacillate over there oh, quite I know. a bit. Here in Hawaii, I, I, we just got we're in the seventies and eighties all the time. Yeah, so, we'll, uh, we'll do this. The weather for Hawaii: eighty-two high, seventy-two low, each and every day of your life. You know, and I, I love it. That's what's really grand about the place. It just it's we're all looking. You know, uh, we're all looking for an endless summer. We, we, you know, we so. just had a we just we just had a baptism too uh, out at a place called Ko'olina. And uh, it's so nice to go into the water. It's always warm. And the, nobody's, you know, shivering when they get in. And the, we had a really nice time. But, you know, the Lord, Lord's good. You know, Mike, there's a lot going on in our world right now, Man. especially with Ukraine and Russia. I was reading about uh, uh, Ukraine is asking Israel to send them an iron dome system to fight off all these drones and missiles. And, of course, Israel can't do that because it's going to strain relationships with Russia. And and yet uh, they're gonna. It looks like Israel's gonna send them uh, an early warning system like they have in Israel, so they can prepare and have us try to get to safety and so forth. But it, you can see that things are intensifying with the Gog Magog scenario with Iran, and then the other Islamic countries and so forth, along with Turkey. Yeah. We see that alliances has come together. We also see the tensions that are building between Russia and Israel, and and all these things are fulfillment of Bible prophecy. We see this happening right before our very eyes of the Ezekiel War found in Ezekiel chapters 38 and 39. And I share this, Mike, as you know, you're familiar with all this, but these are exciting times for believers to be sharing our faith, to be leading people to Christ, take the Word of God and prophecy and Share with them how true it is and all the great things that God wants to do in and through each and everybody's life. Bring them to salvation and then get them discipled. So these are exciting days, Mike. Amen. And, you know, again, uh, being about our Father's business, you know, the days are evil. We, we know that. When mm-hmm. you watch TV, you see what's right is wrong, wrong is right. Redeeming the time, Jesus said, the days are evil. Redeeming means to make the most of it. You, you get something out of it. And I believe that we're not going to be here much longer. 
And so let your mm-hmm. light shine. Be about your daddy's business. Amen. Such a wonderful, wonderful blessing to uh, let God do these things in our lives. Let's go to the phones. We have Ronald on the line. Salinas, California. Hi, welcome. Hello, Pastor. Yes. Um, how can I find out, uh, okay, the people that are running for office, how can I find out their background and, you know, so I can vote for the right people? Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, places you can go. Uh, there's Christian Voter Guide um, and dot uh, com. Christian Voter Guide dot com. Uh, that's one of them that we know of. There's there's several others. Uh, a Christian Voters Coalition, and that's spelled uh, again. That goes back to the Christian Voters Guide. So that I think is one of them that you can go to. Um, your thoughts. Yeah, I would also look at the platforms of each party, uh, such as the Democratic Party supports abortion and uh, has come against traditional marriages in the church in a variety of ways. And and uh, then I look at the Republican Party and their platform. What do they stand for? They're pro-life and uh, stand for traditional marriages. And so as a Christian, I look at the platforms that tends to uh, lead me on how I personally want to vote. Uh, but uh, it's it's important for everybody to uh, vote according to conscience, according to the word of God, and according to uh, God's moral values as we uh, we vote. And then you have to make your decision on which candidate is best for you. Mike? you know, yeah, one of the best outlines we find real quickly, it's, it only takes you a couple of minutes to read, uh, and that's uh, uh, Romans chapter 1. We'll give you a pretty good outline of what God will bless, what God will curse, and then just look at the political parties, the way they line up to Romans chapter 1. I think it's a very simple simple thing. I don't think it's hard. But again, going back to uh, what we said earlier, I think, um, uh, you know, that that I think will help more than anything. I hope that helps. Uh, yes, uh, sure. I just vote for all Republicans, and so I don't get any Democrats in there. Well, I, I I I can't do that. I can't. You know, we can't endorse a political party. Uh, all I can say is uh, the party that's in power right now is for abortion, for uh, gay marriage, for LGBT, all the rights and everything. Uh, um, uh, doing nothing to control our southern border. Um, you know, plunging America farther and farther into debt. Just so far, this president has plunged America into debt almost $10 trillion. Uh, that's what's fueling hyperinflation that we're having right now. There's no gold, silver, no gross national product to back up. Uh, the printing press is running wild. And so, uh, you know, I, I mean, I guess a lot of people think this is a good idea, free money for all student loans and, you know, all these kinds of crazy things that are out there buying votes. If that's what people are for, then that's what they're going to vote. You know, somebody asked me one time, do you fear a political candidate? And I said, not really. I I fear a a, a populace that votes them in. That's what I'm more scared of, because that a lot of times reflects the moral fiber of your society in the way that they think what is good and what is bad. And when, when when we go down this path, there are extreme consequences for the way we vote now. I mean, remember, not even two years ago, gasoline was $1.90 a gallon nationally uh, on, an, on an average. Uh, uh, inflation was at 1%, 1%. Uh, 
um, uh, our border, our southern border, was was fairly secure. We were respected. Uh, there wasn't the the weakness of America that's perceived by Russia, China, to make these moves in Ukraine and against Taiwan and all these other things. So I, I really think that when you really look at where we were um, just um, 23 months ago, 24 months, uh, or maybe say 22 months ago, and then when you look at where we are now, some people might think, yeah, the end of America, that's great, man. Let's bring on communism. We don't want any freedom. We want the government to think for us. Hey, maybe that's what you want. And if that's what people want, that's what they're going to get. And when you have candidates, um, uh, one of them in Pennsylvania, about socialists, he admits it. That's anti-Bill of Rights. That's anti-our Constitution. It just is. Socialism and capitalism or our free way we live in in this country do not mix. You You have to then nationalize everything. Nationalize the oil companies, nationalize the food um, producers, all these things. Everything's controlled by the government. Well, then you have no freedom. You don't have a choice. You either buy what the government offers you or you go without. This is the way it is in Russia. This is the way it is. And communism, everyone, has never worked anywhere in the world. People say, well, what about China? You go along with their party or you're shot sunrise. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. You don't have a voice in that country. You can't leave whenever you want to leave. No, no, they they keep you there. Yeah, that's why it was called the Iron Curtain. The, 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 The wall around them was not to keep invaders out. It was to keep their people in so they could do with them whatever they want. And when I hear this, this uh, rhetoric about, oh, uh, uh, getting rid of guns and everything, that's your Second Amendment. That's your last line of defense against total tyranny. Our forefathers knew it. That's why they gave us the right to keep and bear arms. Well, it's unconstitutional. What well, was constitutional when they wrote that into the Constitution, the Bill of Rights? So what we're finding now is they're trying to rewrite the Constitution rewrite the Bill of Rights into a new, beautiful, communistic one. Well, I I think there's going to be a lot of opposition. I pray that it isn't. But here's the other part. If the Christians are gone, that which has a moral conscience, that which thinks perhaps, you know, killing innocent children in the womb, or even when they're born, letting them die because the parent doesn't want them, what about their Bill of Rights? What about them as a, a, as a citizen or a human being? Oh, no, you, you don't have any rights. Yeah, Silent Scream is real. In fact, there was a video years ago called Silent Scream. Mm-hmm. It's still available. You might want to watch that. Um, and, and get God's perspective and then vote accordingly. Like I say, I don't tell people how to vote. I don't fear a candidate. I fear a populace that's lost its moral compass, that votes for anything. Vote for me. Everything is free. That's what they told people in Venezuela. That's what they tell people in Guatemala. And they they take over and give nothing. Nothing. Communism, the only place in, in the world where communism is popular is in the United States with these candidates. Well, I'm socialist. I'm this. I'm that. Yeah, because yeah, vote for me. Everything is free, 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 baby. Well, let me just warn you. When the government gives you everything you want, they'll take everything you need. It's never failed. Just a little reminder, 
Vote accordingly. Again, I tell people, Romans chapter one, best voting guide in the world. Check that out. Ronald, I think you'll be blessed. Amen. Hope that helps. Stay online, send you out some books, some DVDs, okay? Okay, thank you, Pastor. You guys have a blessing. God bless you. You guys. too. Blessing. You Let's too. go to Melissa, Oregon. Hi, welcome. Hi, Mike. Yes. I had a quick question on Samson. Um, would you say he broke the Nazarite vow when he touched the jawbone of a donkey? Uh, well, we know that there's several things that Nazarites weren't supposed to do. Given to strong drink is another one. Uh, uh, you know, uh, being with immoral women, and of course he uh, was in love with the pagan, the pagan women and things. Your thoughts? Yeah, you know, uh, he used that jawbone to fight against the enemy. Now, you know, that jawbone may have been sitting out there for quite some time. You know, the body had gone away of the of the of the of the donkey and so forth and he picked it up and used it as a weapon um whether he broke it or not it wasn't something that god uh, was uh doesn't seem like he had anything to say specifically regarding that the the biggest issue came up of course with samson and delilah and i always share with people here in hawaii that that she was the kind of sister you don't want to be with you know she just got to stay away from the seductress and this is vitally important. And it's, of course, Samson in his disobedience to God, he lost his strength. He had his eyes gouged out. He became like a, uh, an oxen there at the, at the grinding of, uh, of a millstone and so forth. And it's a tragic, tragic story of a man who really had everything from God, but he wasted it. He was ungrateful. He was unthankful. And, and we discover that, uh, fortunately at the end of his life, he did come back to God, came back to, his his faith and he uh, destroyed the Philistines and that was a work that uh, he had he had done even though he was blinded and all that he suffered. But this is a great lesson for us as believers in Christ. You know, uh, the Bible says our 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 weapons against our enemy are spiritual. We're to use the Word of God. Jesus fought against the devil. It is written. It is written. It is written. And so that's where we focus nowadays as we uh, overcome temptation, overcome the culture. Over, be overcomers uh, uh, against the enemy, Satan. And this is our goal, Mike. Amen. Hope that helps. Okay, thank you. Let's stay in line if you like. Send out your book, DVDs, and all to you. I think you'll enjoy it. But yeah, I, I think Samson was, was redlining for a long time. Mm-hmm. And finally, ultimately, when... Because let me explain something very quickly. When he picked up the jawbone of the donkey and he killed those people, he still had his strength. That, I think, is very significant to say that God had not removed uh, that Nazarite promise to him. But when his hair was cut, uh, that's when it was done. And by the way, everyone, Delilah did not cut Samson's hair. That's right. <laughs> if you read that, if you read, you'll find that when, she, when he fell asleep in her lap, she called for the strong men to come in. And while he was asleep, he got a haircut. And we woke up as before. The Philistines are upon you. He went to raise up like he did before, not realizing the anointing of God in his life was gone. And I, I think that's a real tragic thing. When you raise up like you did before, and you don't even know that the Spirit of the Lord has left you. That, to me, is a, is a scary, scary place to be, where you're so calloused. You don't 
hear God's voice anymore. And God's merciful. That's why I believe perhaps that even if he did, to answer your question, Melissa, even if if he would have broken his Nazarite vow, God was merciful to him and allowed him to retain his strength, which showed that promise was still upon him. But the problem is, as he continued to flirt more and more, uh, well, you know, if you uh, you know, and, and, and began to tell her different things. If you do this and weave my hair into uh, locks and different things like that, I'll be like any other man. And, and she said, the Philistines are upon you. And he rose up and he always did as he did before, still had his strength. But then he crossed the line. And I think there's a lot of people like that in this world that take the mercy of God that God doesn't care. The slackness of God that... Well, you know, God, you haven't punished me, so I guess it's okay with you. I'm going to keep doing this. Well, I think you've got to enter, go back and enter there in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, um, uh, what happens to people who are in unrepented lifestyles, 1 Corinthians 6. Melissa, stay in line. We'll send you out some books, DVDs. Let's go to Gustavo, Idaho City. Hi and welcome. Yes, hi. My question is, or is it, true that Job went through what he went through because he didn't have a covenant with God? I think he went through what he went through because he did. Uh, The devil doesn't waste time on people that are no threat to his kingdom. Uh, And I, I believe that it was because he did have a covenant with God. His kids, and maybe this is what you're asking, his kids did not have a covenant with God. That's why he was offering sacrifices for them they were outside the protection of, of God, and I believe this is why the roof caved in on them. You got to remember, when you accept Christ as your Savior, you become God's property, and the devil can't do whatever he used to do with you before you were a Christian. I don't believe uh, Job's kids had any regard for God. Otherwise, they would have been offering sacrifices for themselves. But instead, Job was trying to be a good dad and intervening for his children. Your thoughts? I agree with you, Mike. And as we look at Job, especially chapter one, we see the uh, the, the battle of spiritual warfare between Satan against God's uh, God's people. And Job, uh, you know, he was a man of God. He loved God. He did his best to protect his kids and so forth, but they didn't want to protect themselves. Uh, and the only way to have the fullness of God's protection and love is by coming to him in salvation through Jesus Christ, our Lord and King. And so it's important to realize that we look at this beautiful man's life, even even when his friends came against him, his wife came against him, he says, hey, naked I came into the world, naked I shall go. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Yeah. Now, he had great lessons to learn as we read all of Job, and he was a man of perseverance, which we all must be. And uh, he, he learned great things, and he realized that he, he thought he knew a lot, but actually he ended up knowing very little as God began to explain everything to him about his creation and, and power and love. And, and then, of course, uh, we even have a, a glimpse of the dinosaurs there, of Behemoth and Leviathan. I think it's in Job 40, 41, right in there. And it's a powerful, powerful book to read and study. And uh, we talk about the patience of Job, and uh, surely it's a great lesson in trials and being an overcomer, Mike. Amen. Hope that helps. Thank you. God bless you. Stay on line, Gustavo. Send you out some books, some DVDs, uh, and uh, I think you'll enjoy those. Show them to your family. Let's go to Amen. Lionel in Hawaii. Aloha. 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 How may we help? 
I was wondering if you had heard anything about the backdoor deal that's going on about the pharmaceutical companies uh, making vaccines a requirement, COVID vaccines requirement for children. We heard a little bit about this yesterday uh, on yesterday's program, and, and I haven't heard anything personally, but the person that called in was concerned because they had heard something about it. And again, I think... Uh, you know, a vaccine for uh, COVID-A, the first one that came out, long gone, making children have this uh, is ridiculous. Plus all the lawsuits now that are coming from the people who have been horribly damaged, permanently damaged by the vaccine. Um, you know, I, I think, uh, again, we all know this was pencil whipped through very quickly. I talked to a friend of mine who works at the hospital here. Locally, And I said, well, how are the COVID cases? Are they going up or going down or leveling off? He said, the only people we are treating now are people who have been vaccinated, end quote. And so I look at that and I realize that, you know, I don't know. But, you know, again, remember, there's millions and billions of dollars to be made with these uh, vaccinations. So, you know, I just don't know what to tell you on that. Your thoughts? Yeah, I'm not familiar with the story exactly. I just wish the government would stop making demands on us as uh, free citizens and everyone can make their own choices for their own children and uh, for their own lives. I think that's number one, and I think that's where we have to uh, look at our voting coming up here in November and vote uh, in a way that we have people that will stand up for our life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. And uh, and then we'd be done with all this uh all these uh, mandates and demands that are put upon us. Let everyone make their own decisions uh, for their children and for their own personal lives, and let's move on. So uh, that's that's my opinion. Amen. So I hope that helps. So what I had heard uh, was that as long as the Emergency Powers Act was enabled, no one can sue the pharmaceutical companies. But when the Emergency Powers Act is no longer enabled, you are, any, anybody has a right to sue the pharmaceutical companies. So what's happening is by them making these vaccines mandatory for children in order to be in school, it becomes law. And as it becomes law, then the pharmaceutical companies will be protected once again because they will not be able to be sued by the public. Well, then I wouldn't have my kids in public school. That's all there is to it. Something else to remember, everybody. No, you can't. Mm-hmm. You couldn't sue the pharmaceutical companies. But any company that said, you take the vaccination or you will lose your job, you can sue them legally. And we have Brad Dakis with his Pacific Justice Institute that has won many, many cases against companies that force their employees to take the vaccine against their own will but they had to keep their job because they had to feed their families, and they are 100% uh, responsible and liable. No, you can't go after the pharmaceuticals but you cert- companies, but you certainly can go after anybody that forces you to take this. And so, uh, and um, uh, we may have with us Brad Dacus tomorrow. I'm not sure. Uh, we, no, we don't have Brad with us. But um, uh, when we do, uh, we can we can touch on this a little bit more, and I'll probably next. Next Friday, we'll try to try to cover it. 
But um, no, there's there's something wrong with it. I mean, everybody knows that there are literally over a million people who have have experienced horrible problems with this vaccine and have a, a permanent, some type of permanent damage to their body. Um, you know, and they say, well, look at all the one, all the people that it's saved or whatever. Well, yeah, maybe, but you got to ask yourself, do you feel lucky? Well, do you? Well, that's the problem. You you don't know, and and it's and and when you when you realize that you know now and I told everybody this way back when this all started that hey you know as soon as COVID morphs into another strain and another strain you're going to be going back getting in line and having ten fifteen shots uh, uh, boosters. Well, that's exactly what's happened. So you got so many needles jammed in you. You're a walking pharmaceutical right there. Uh, and uh, they still say that if you have it, you get over it, your natural immunity is way better than any shot that you can get. Lionel, we'll see what happens, and we'll keep tracking it, okay? Can we pray that these powers that are trying to uh, pass this law, can we pray that the children be protected and it not be passed? Let's pray. In fact, Daryl, why don't you pray for us? Sure. Heavenly Father, we come to you in Jesus' name, and we thank you for your loving grace and kindness and goodness to each and every one of us, Lord. And we see the corruption within our own government and the mandates they place upon the people, and this was supposed to be the freest country on earth. And so, Lord, we pray against these mandates. We pray against these decisions that are being made. Let people make their own decisions, Lord. You've created us in liberty and freedom. And so, Lord, may you anoint our hearts and lives and minds so that uh, we can overcome this, uh, the, these restrictions and these mandates uh, that are enslaving people and hurting people, Lord God. So may you just anoint us, Lord, especially in this election, that we'd see a victory of, of those who love freedom uh, in our government and throughout the various uh, uh, offices like the CDC and others, Lord. And so may you just direct our steps together as one, and then this, uh, these atrocities would come to a halt and our freedoms would be restored. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. And uh, we'll be praying for that. And uh, when we find out more, Lionel, we'll try to keep everybody as informed. The problem is, as we all know, the American news media is total junk. Uh, it's, it's, It's not just junk news. It's completely corrupt. Uh, I watch them distort stories, only tell people part of it. Uh, If you want, everybody, if you want some real entertainment, uh, look up uh, uh, on the internet, who wants to keep Hunter Biden's laptop quiet? Oh, you will find the FBI is in it above their eyeballs. Pretty scary stuff. Lionel Sale Line will send you out books and DVDs coming up on break, everyone. We'll have more right after this. We'll be right back. Let's see, if something costs less, but people are happier with it, that sounds like something to look into, and that's MediShare. Maybe you've heard switching to MediShare to pay for health care can save the typical family 500 bucks a month, and that's huge. But it's also true that people are way more satisfied after making the switch, too. The customer satisfaction rate for MediShare is double that of the typical health insurance plan. Double. MediShare works. It's been around for more than a quarter century, and members have shared more than $3 billion of each other's bills. People love having telehealth and a huge nationwide PPO network. So, yeah, you can save a ton and like it better. 
Imagine being happy with how you're taking care of your health care. So if you're self-employed or part of the gig economy or you just want a plan you're happy with, you can call right now and get a price within two minutes. A very, very smart use of two minutes. Here's the number you need. 855-91-BIBLE. That's 855-91-BIBLE. 855-91-BIBLE. Since the 1700s, Christians have been taught in public schools that there have been many ice ages. But now in this new video, The Great Ice Age, meteorologist Michael Ord shares compelling evidence for only one ice age. Ord shows how the ice age followed the global flood recorded in the Bible. This video tells many mysteries are associated with the Great Ice Age, including the extinction of the woolly mammoth, permanent climate change, and the spread of man and animals. Ord reveals how the biblical records make more sense than the geologic records. Order the Great Ice Age for a donation of only $19.95 by going to csnradio.com. Biblical teaching to refresh you. With the living word. Right here on CSN. Back to part two of Every Man and Answer on this Thursday afternoon with Daryl Skinner in Hawaii. I'm Twin Falls, Idaho. I'm Mike Kessler, and we're going to go back to the phones. We have Charlie on the line in Kentucky. Hi, welcome. Hi, pastors. <clears throat> Thanks for taking my call. How many? Uh, I have a question over Second Samuel 21, um, where King David is wanting to make. Um, uh, restitution to the Gibeonites for what uh, Saul had done as instructed by the Lord. And it says in verse 7, But the king spared Mephibosheth, the son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, because of the Lord's oath that was between them, between David and Jonathan, the son of Saul. So the king took Harmony and Mephibosheth, two sons, the rest of the daughter and Aya, whom she bore to Saul, and the five sons of Michal, the daughter of Saul, whom she brought up, and it says he delivered them into the hands of the Gibeonites. And I'm a little confused that it says he spared Mephibosheth, and then it says he delivered him into the hands of the Gibeonites. Okay, your thoughts? Um, I would have to say, uh, as we looked at this, Mephibosheth, if I remember correctly, Mike, maybe you could help out. Uh, I thought he was taken care of by David. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, not uh, not killed, but he was raised up by David. David uh, took care of him. But uh, I'm, I'm not uh, quite uh, getting that right now. So I'll hand, I'll toss it back to you. And see what you have. Yeah, and and um, I, I'm just looking at. Uh, so the king took uh, Ammonia and Mesibabeth, the two sons uh, of. Saul, literally, uh, the descendants of Saul, um, and um, brought them. Okay, you know, I'll have to research this a little bit. This is this is a good question. So, he delivered in the hands of the Gibeonites, and they hanged him. Uh, it may very well be that 
Yeah, I, I'll have to. I'll have to. Re- I want to. I want to give you a good answer, Charlie. I don't want to just just off the cuff it here, and I'll have to look through my notes. Um, I'll do the same because because of this reason, um, uh, he was crippled. Um, uh, the the nurse dropped him, and he was crippled on his feet. And David said, is there anyone that of Saul's family, of, of Jonathan, that I can be kind to? And uh, they went to get him. And I, I suppose Mesibabeth was probably absolutely terrified because quite often uh, a new king would kill all the descendants of the previous king to keep any of them from trying to come to power. And I imagine he was probably scared to death, only to find out that David didn't call him in to kill him, but he came in, came in to bless him and to take care of him and restore him. So I want to look at this up close because uh, one of the things that it says, uh, is, is in verse 8 it says, So the king took uh, Armoni and Mesibabeth, the two sons of Rizpah, the daughter of Aiah, whom she bore to Saul, uh, and the five sons, Michal, daughter. Okay, so anyway, we want to look this up a little bit closer, and I, I believe that we can probably give you a much better answer, Charlie. Okay, <clears throat> we had thought, uh, a pastor friend of mine and I were talking, discussing this, and we thought that possibly there could have been two Mephibosheths, but I researched that and know it's the same one. So, yeah, I'll tell you what, um, yeah, it, it appears, let's see, I thought I found something here. I was doing, trying to do some research while we were talking, and uh, Son of King Saul and Rispa, Second Samuel 21.8, seems to be the, the, the same, uh, but uh, it doesn't, uh, am I looking up his life, it doesn't say that he uh, died in that way, but anyway, we'll, we'll have to keep researching on this one. Sorry about that. Yeah, that's a really good question, Charlie, and and um, <laughs> it took some careful reading of the Bible to catch that, uh, and um, I'll have to go back through my notes and find out what what uh, we have. If we can't do it before the show, we'll we'll definitely address this tomorrow. Okay. Okay. Wonderful. Any other questions? Any other questions we can't answer? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Stump the panel. (laughs) That's great. That's good. Uh, No, that's all. Uh, It's it's just it's I don't know. It's it does it stumps me too. Yeah, it's it's uh, I didn't see that before. So and I've been through the Bible many times. So I'll 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 look this one up for you, Charlie. I promise. Okay. well, I don't know. It's it's a little confusing. I'm looking up his name in my Bible dictionary and just trying to get a little insight. Uh, his son of Jonathan and grandson of Saul, uh, and that was Mephibosheth. And then and then also we have a secondary one where it says uh, another Mephibosheth, which is the second Samuel twenty one eight, a son of King Saul and Rizpah. So it might be that we have two separate individuals going on here. Uh, in regards to this, so it says, "Son of King Saul and Rispa is one in Second Samuel twenty-one eight, both with the same name, and the other uh, Meshibatheth was the uh, son of Jonathan and grandson of Saul. So maybe that's uh, that's the answer to our mystery, Mike. So we'll we'll confirm it 
And uh, so, Charlie, I hope that helps. And that I would lean that way more than any other way. Uh, so and because we do have the difference in names there, too. So I uh, hope that helps. And we'll 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 research it further. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Charlie, great question. And uh, stay in We'll send you out some books, some DVDs, and uh, we'll we'll get back with this. Let's go to Ralph, Eugene, Oregon. Hi, welcome. Hi, Mike. Hi, Daryl. Um, my question comes from, uh, can you hear me, Mike? Yes, we can. Okay, I'm getting a call in, so I just want to make sure. It comes from uh, Genesis 24, 22, when Abraham uh, sent his servant to look for a bride for Isaac. Yes. And in verse 22, it says that the servant gave... Uh, Rebecca, a nose ring, and it came up in our Bible study. What was the purpose of that? And the only thing I can find was uh, it was to show Isaac's generosity and his, I guess, his status as mm. far as his wealth goes. Yeah. Yeah, I, that's what I believe it is, too. And and uh, uh, very gracious. In fact, that's really an interesting picture because what you find there is you find this unnamed servant going out. It doesn't say it was Eliezer. This unnamed servant goes out to find a bride for uh, for um, Isaac. And we have right now in the world a servant called the Holy Spirit going on this world looking for a bride for Jesus. And I think the interesting parallels there are so amazing that here, Rebecca agrees to go with this unnamed servant to a faraway land that she had never been, to be married to a person that she'd physically never seen. And I believe it, it, it is a parallel of, of magnitude proportion of the Holy Spirit in the world today gathering that bride for Christ. Your thoughts? Yeah, and the nose ring was uh, a sign of wealth and and commitment, and it was also a sign of uh, jewelry and beauty for women, and so it was it was a uh, something that was you know displayed to say, hey, you you're you're going to be cared for, you're going to be taken care of, and uh, and this commitment is being made to you, and so this is what we find with this nose ring, and it's still today in in many cultures, even our own land, which is not that. Uh, find it that often is, is people wearing nose rings, mostly in some foreign lands, African, different places, and it's it considered a thing of beauty. Um, some people wear it here, but uh, uh, it's it's whatever people's personal choice is, how they want to look, how they want to appear, and so be it. But that's how it was back with uh, uh, with Rebecca and so forth, Mike. Yeah, and so I, I hope that helps. It was just a a, a, a symbol of status, wealth prestige, you know, uh, and so hope that helps. It does, and I appreciate uh, both you guys. Uh, the part that you mentioned, Daryl, about uh, showing love. Um, anyway, I do appreciate I hadn't read anything of that perspective. And also, the Bible doesn't mention it's Eleazar, but when you look it up, some, I don't know who wrote this, but uh, some theologians, I guess I'll say, claim it's Eleazar, but I can't find that anywhere. It doesn't say that. And I think that's really a, a liberty that I think uh, uh, Bible commentators should not take. 
I have always found when the Bible is silent on something, best to be silent and figure out why it's silent. And, and you know, there's a lot of things like that in the Bible that I truly don't understand either, such as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego getting ready to be thrown into the fiery furnace because they wouldn't bow down and worship Nebuchadnezzar's golden image. The question is, where was Daniel during this time? Where was he at? Certainly he wouldn't bow down and worship the golden image. We know he was high up in the government. Was he off on some kind of diplomatic tour or or where was he? Some people attribute uh, Daniel's uh, silence there to the church, that while the world is forced to worship the one world order and bow down, and those that aren't will be beheaded for their faith, um, Daniel is missing. And so it's like the church, during all this tribulation that goes on, oh, we're still around, we're just not there, but then we reappear later on in Nebuchadnezzar's reign. There's a lot of things like that. And I've always found when the Bible is silent, we need to be very careful in reading things in, such as between Genesis 1-1 and Genesis 1-2, and there was a whole creation here, and there was cavemen and cavewomen and chocolateites and all that stuff, and they died, and then their spirits became the demons, and on and on. Whacked out stuff. Not in the Bible at all. When the Bible is silent on something, I think a lot of people need to be very careful in adding to God's word. And I believe when, as an example, when when it's the unnamed servant that goes out, I believe it's that way for a reason, because again, Jesus said, search the scriptures. In them you think you have eternal life, but they are actually which testify of me. That's what he's talking about. And so it isn't a misnomer or a mistake or just a, a convenient omission that they didn't put Eliezer's name in there. No, it's left out for a reason. And I believe that's to direct our thoughts to another servant going out in the world, getting a bride for the Lord Jesus himself. Hope that helps, Ralph. It does, and I, I appreciate that as well, Mike. And I agree, uh, our churches during this whole COVID thing have been uh, we're really, I, they've been silent and they shouldn't be. And I just appreciate that I go to a church where we study the Bible. Uh, it's a Calvary Chapel, and we are in the book of Revelation now. And, and I just love the fact that our pastor uh, insists on teaching the Bible. So It's wonderful. And Ralph, you want to, you want to encourage people to go there to learn God's Word because it's so important. You know, it's interesting When Elijah fought the prophets of Baal and the duel that he challenged them to, and we remember after the fire came down, consumed the altar of the true and living God, where the prophets of Baal, nothing happened, uh, Elijah took off to the mountains. And when he was up there in the mountains, hiding out, The Lord said to him, there is 7,000 more of my servants down there. But what is interesting in that, that I thought was so amazing, because Elijah says, I and I alone, the only one that's left. And God says, no, there's 7,000 more down there. Why didn't Elijah know about those people? Were they the silent minority? Did they not let their faith motivate their mouth or their deeds? that Elijah would not even know about them? 
This is something that that kind of uh, concerns me when you when you look about it. You think you know that here seven thousand people uh, uh, that Elijah didn't know about that served God. So were they just quiet, or he just wasn't out in the popular circles to meet them? Your thoughts on that? You know, when we looked at the life of Elijah and all that uh, he did, I was just over there in Israel, Mount Carmel's beautiful spot to uh, see where that uh, whole event took place, and Elijah. You know, seeking God and loving God and trusting in God, letting him do that work and fighting those prophets of Baal. You know, today in the church, we have so many, unfortunately, false teachers and false prophets and heresies that are floating through the church. And I think for every believer, we need to operate in that same type of power of Elijah and boldness that we would preach the word of God and stay to the, the word of truth. The Bible says the word of God is a sword of the spirit. The Bible says the word of God is a lamp unto our feet, a light unto our path. Uh, the Bible says that uh, we're to be sanctified with the truth of God's word uh, in, in sound doctrine, uh, that all preachers in First Timothy, Second Timothy, and Titus are to preach the word of God. It's living and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. And just as Elijah sought the Lord and allowed God to do his work, and that fire lapped up those that offering and also all the water and everything was gone, uh, so it is that... Uh, we need to lap up the the, uh, the insidiousness of false teachings and false teachers and the heresies that are infecting the church today with the truth of God's word. Remember, when Jesus fought with the devil, he said, it is written, it is written, it is written. And he quotes Deuteronomy three times, and he's given us a lesson to study from Genesis all the way to the book of Revelation and preach the entire word of God. Right now we're in Revelation also as a church. Um, in Revelation chapter three, teaching uh, this Sunday on the Church of Philadelphia, which is a church that keeps the word of God, will not deny his name. And Jesus says, I'll keep you from the hour of trial that will come upon the whole world. In other words, I'll take you up in the rapture of the church before the great tribulation period. Mike, I'll hand it back to you. Yeah, there's a there's a, a Christian band. And uh, for all of you older saints that enjoyed the old rock and roll music, they changed the words to a lot of the songs that we used to listen to. And one of the songs that they did, and you can look this up on probably YouTube or whatever, but the name of the song is Looks Like I Got Elijah Fighting Bail. <laughs> Something to think exactly. About. But there's a lot of songs there you'll like. But, but the name of the band is called is called Apologetics with an uh, with an X on the end. <laughs> and a funny band, and uh, we play some of their stuff on The Effect, our sister network that plays uh, Christian rock. Great for... Um, work sites and things like that where you can't really have maybe uh, teaching on, but uh, you you uh, want to hear something that, you know, isn't maybe, forgive the term soccer mom music, uh, this is more rock and roll, and so you'll like that. But uh, anyway, you can listen to it, effectradio.com, and we play a lot of good stuff there, and as well, po- apologetics and their songs that they have changed the words to, pretty good. Hope that helps, Ralph. Stay online. We'll send you out some books, some DVDs, okay? You bet. Thank you very much. God bless you. Keep going with Jesus. Let's go to Liz, Jackpot, Nevada. Hi, welcome. Hi. um, So my question was just something that had popped up recently in a message I had listened to, and also just with a friend in conversation, is that um, people who have been presented the gospel today or who are going to church but not really saved won't have the chance to be saved during the tribulation. 
Like their ship will have failed. Yeah. Your thoughts? Well, you know, the Bible teaches that salvation is for all, uh, no matter when the time period is, even in the tribulation, there'll be a lot of people saved. However, it's also important to realize if they're not going to come to the knowledge of the truth now and they've been hearing the truth, it might be likely they'll they'll be deceived by the Antichrist. Uh, and the Bible says in Second Thessalonians chapter 2 that a strong delusion will take place and uh, and the people aren't coming to, to the truth to Christ because of their love for unrighteousness and the pleasures of this world. And so they're going to not come to Christ during that time. And we have to realize that the, the tremendous influence of uh, the spirit of Antichrist today is with us. It's going to be uh, uh, multiplied by, uh, you know, I don't know how much, but it's going to be tremendous in the tribulation period with the false prophet and the these deceptions that are taking place. And, and, and people need to wake up and get saved now, go up in the rapture of the church before uh, they would enter into that tribulation period, Mike. Amen. So I hope that, hope that helps you. And, I, I think there's going to be people who repent during the tribulation period uh, to say their ship has sailed. I don't know. I, I've seen some verses that, that would seem to say something like that. But I, I believe that um, there, there are those that uh, will go into tribulation. Uh, Jesus warned one church, if you don't repent... You'll mm-hmm. go into tribulation. Not doesn't say the great tribulation, but I believe that's what it's talking about. And and uh, the idea is to cause people to repent. Your, your thoughts on that, since you're going through that book right now? Well, yeah, Thyatira, which refers to the Roman Catholic Church, it talks about it going into tribulation, and uh, uh, which is very likely because of many of the teachings that they have that are contrary to the Word of God, unfortunately. And we don't want them to go into the tribulation period, but uh, when you're preaching uh, to worship Mary, when you're preaching that uh, the Pope is called Holy Father, or he's known as the Vicar of Christ, the Voice of Christ, he he has the same authority as the Word of God. These are these are part of what's why there was a Protestant Reformation that took place. Uh, we also know that there's a church called Laodicea, uh, which is going to be the following Sunday. I'll be teaching on that. It's known as the lukewarm church, and Jesus says to that church, He says. You make me sick, and I'm going to vomit you out of my mouth. That's pretty strong language. And uh, we know in the Revelation 6 to 19, there's going to be the harlot church. It's called the harlot church of the book of Revelation. That'll be led by the false prophet. Uh, uh, one more religious system will be established in the worship of the Antichrist. Uh, idolatry, immoralities will be uh, taking place. In fact, even Jerusalem is referred to in the book of Revelation as Sodom and Egypt. Sodom because of the immoralities going on, as well as the Egypt, meaning a multiple multiple gods will be worshipped. Uh, unfortunately, uh, the international community, United Nations, wants Jerusalem to be uh, an interna- international religious city for the world. Uh, interestingly enough, uh, that's their goal, along with the Roman Catholic Church. They're in agreement. Uh, but the Bible says this city, Jerusalem, belongs to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. His name is Jesus. And the Lord will come back and reign and rule on earth for a thousand years, set up his theocratic kingdom, and we'll be a blessed people. Mike? Amen. Liz, hope that answers for you. Thank you so much. Stay on the line, send you out some books, some DVDs. Come and visit us on a Sunday morning sometime. Love to see you on the way to Shoshone Falls. Real quick, we have an update. Beep, 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 beep. Okay, here's our update about Mesimabeth. It was a common name back then. And... um 
it was the son of Saul that was given to the Gibeonites because Saul killed, tried to kill all the Gibeonites. And so those that were left, uh, the son of Jonathan, however, was not given to the Gibeonites. David particularly protected him and allowed him to sit at his table. But the son of, of, of Saul, different mom uh, and all, uh, he was given over to the Gibeonites. So I hope that answers it. It's interesting. It was a very common name back then. So I know it's a very unusual name today. Uh, so hope that helps. Let's go to Liz in uh, Jackpot. Oh, excuse me. No. Let's go to um, Carrie, Glendive, Montana, line four. Hi, welcome. Yes, hello. Hello, Hi. brothers. Um, my reference is back to two callers. There is scripture that says that God said himself that he did put r- the rings in the noses of people. He put rings on their fingers. And then I wanted to confirm that um, the report is true about the CDC uh, wanting to vaccinate, mandate vaccines for children. I talked personally to the CDC. I tried to this morning. I got the hold of the federal level of the CDC. They uh, continued to ask me to go to email, which Twyla Brays, uh, she's with FRC and CCH. She's a very godly Christian woman. Uh, I listen to um, Tony Perkins and Stand in the Gap, and she's a very, uh, very, she's an advocate for the rights of children and all human health. And it is true that um, the Biden administration is trying to mandate the vaccines for children before they can, you know, even know. I mean, I I just think that um, everybody is what Twyla Brace suggested, that everybody respond to this alert by contacting the CDC. Thank you, brothers. I'm not going to stay on the line, but I will finish out the program. Thank well, you Carrie, so thank God you bless. so much. Yes, thank you so much for the update. Stay in line. We'll send you out some books, DVDs as well. And uh, again, the American news media falling down on their face again, not letting everybody know about these things before the election. Those that are forcing your kids to get shots. Isn't that amazing how honest they are as they drape themselves in red, white, and blue news studios and they're as socialist as it comes? Friends, don't hey, buy their chili. I'm just Mike, warning. I could add to this. Yeah. If I could add to this mess, uh, this is a great time for homeschooling to explode, as well as Amen. for private Christian schools to explode, to to uh, take these kids in and, and have our religious rights not uh, be offended uh, and, and trampled on. So this is an opportunity for people to realize the public school system is not our friend any longer. Unfortunately, a lot of good people in there, teachers and so forth, but the way they're handling our children is absolutely atrocious. Mike? Who is keeping Hunter Biden's laptop from surfacing? Check that out on the internet. You will be amazed how they're trying to dupe America. It's so tragic. Not conspiracy, it's real. Thanks, Daryl, for being on. Liz, Preston, Ralph, calls back. We'll put you on first thing tomorrow, Mike, too. Talk to you then. God bless you and have a safe, blessed evening. To find out more about this ministry or to receive a copy of today's program, please call 1-800-357-4226 or write us to Everyman and Answer, P.O. Box 391, Twin Falls, Idaho, 83303. That toll-free number is 1-800-357-4226. 
Subscribe to the free podcast on iTunes by searching for To Every Man and Answer in the iTunes store or visit us online at csnradio.com slash T-E-M-A. To Every Man and Answer is a production of CSN International, the Christian Satellite Network. The opinions expressed by our guests may or may not be those of CSN International or of this station. 